0: Hey, Fantasy Football Junkies, we are the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. It's myself and Jason across from me here tonight, and we've just enjoyed some wacky, waveable, inflatable, however you'd say that. Week one. Week one antics. Waving yeah.
1: arm tube bad.
0: I actually named this podcast episode The Apocalypse because of the person who, uh, who went down this week, David Johnson, I'm sure we'll... We'll get to that, but it's funny we had a we had a podcast either a year or two years ago that was called the Fantasy Apocalypse if you remember, uh, and quite a few people who went down that particular week. Yeah, yeah. And it's always interesting uh, how this that. This is more of
1: a mini pocalypse I'd say.
0: Well, Alan Robinson and David Johnson and Danny Woodhead are all fantasy uh, relevant characters.
1: Sure, but only one of them is gonna make and break your team, make or break your team. It's probably broken your team at this point. Let's be honest.
0: So those people who don't own one of those players that 's great, um, you know, uh, but you have to have the wider view here, you know as, as we 're talking about everybody and everybody 's teams. I think most people are owners of one of those players, so uh, what do you do now that uh they 're not here for you um, and how how do you live after uh, after David Johnson but it 's happened before um, when Tom Brady was a uh, number one pick, and Tom Brady went down like the first play of the first game. Um, and same thing happens, right? You have to pick up the pieces. You have to pull it together with somebody else. But uh, something that I right,
1: you can't stop playing in week one, as much as the New York Jets would like to say <laughs> that you can.
0: Mm-hmm. And something that I was uh, I was writing to some people on Twitter about uh, earlier today or, or yesterday was that uh, the the teams that win are are generally the teams that do well throughout the year in team management and trades, etc. Uh, and also have a good, solid base from their original draft. But um, oftentimes, we've seen, um, being part of a lot of leagues, that sometimes teams that win are the ones that don't have a good draft and end up picking players up in the first couple of, uh, of weeks when they're getting higher waiver picks, um, or in the first couple of weeks they, they hit on a couple of guys like Victor Cruz or um, you know, those guys that you pick up throughout the year. So that's what we're going to concentrate on, of course, uh, on a on a weekly basis here, are those guys that are going to help you win your league. And so don't fret too much. I had David Johnson on a couple teams, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It just means you've got some work to do.
1: Right, and I mean, chances are you're going to be, you know, the first-round pick. So, hey, you know, you've got a lot of other guys to work with. Hopefully that you, you drafted your depth well uh, and you can survive. You know, anyone can survive. Losing a guy like that in week one, it's losing a guy like that. Like when you need him to win you games later in the season, that can really hurt you. You've got all the time in the world right now to rebuild your team. So think positive.
0: Yeah, you can go. Uh, you know, trade uh, trade rape some other people. So that's right. Uh, I use that term not like lately. I don't think. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm drinking New Belgium Pilsner, and uh, I was recently uh, I was recently thinking about taking a trip actually to uh, Fort Collins, Colorado or Asheville, North Carolina, where their operations are based out of. I've never been to New Belgium, but uh, since I was uh, just a wee 21-year-old lad, of course, because I never drank before then. Not a drop. I, uh, I've i been enjoying some New Belgium beers.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. I didn't know that they had a spot out on the East Coast. I honestly would rather go to Asheville, I think. Sure. I mean, i got a buddy that lives out there, but it's in the mountains. Fort Collins is kind of like on the front range, but I've heard it's like as a town. You know, It it's, leaves a lot to be desired. There's, not... there's, a, there's many amazing places in Colorado, and Fort Collins is like the industrial corner.
0: It's not so great, he says.
1: Right. <laughs> so go go for the beer and then go find things out of town.
0: Sure. Uh, and yourself?
1: Myself? I am drinking the Scarlet Fire Roasty Red Ale from Tighthead Brewing Company, um, named after, of course, the Grateful Dead songs, Scarlet oh. Begonias and Fire on the Mountain. Um, and these guys you know I appreciate whenever they name beers after jam mans, they have a chili water beer that I saw at the liquor store as well, so you know i 'm enjoying the uh the roasty red ale
0: <laughs> very nice um, so regardless of how your teams did this past week there 's some interesting things that I wanted to bring up and i can I can bring some of that up by by uh, handing it over to you to talk about some of the crazy things that have happened. Every week, Jason has an article up on the site which is called Statistically Insignificant um, and just mentions a couple of things that are a little odd or especially interesting or unique uh, things that are happening. And the one thing that I wanted to point out was the touchdown-to-interception ratio. You can go into more detail, but basically uh, the studs that usually uh, play and win and, and do well by most fantasy teams didn't really show up last week in great, um, in great amounts. In fact, right. the, the rookies ended up scoring more than the studs. If you had like an, an all-pro team versus an all-rookie team, that rookie team would have beaten them this Definitely. week. So uh, talk a little bit about that and then maybe your opinion about uh, why or how that happened and if we are if we should be worried at all this season or if it's just more of the same uh, sort of turbulence.
1: Uh, so starting off um, the week was Kareem Hunt, who had an amazing game. He had 239 yards from scrimmage. That was enough to... Ma- have the best debut game basically ever. You know, 239 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe someone has put up a, a fourth touchdown in their debut game or something like that, but it is the most yards in a debut game since the merger in 1970. um So, you know, he was the top fantasy performer this week. He was clearly a guy that was flying up the ADP um based on where Spencer Ware, uh, based on Spencer Ware's injury in the preseason. Uh, we talked about him last week and the week before that, you know, you got to try and get Kareem Hunt on your team, and it really paid off if you did manage to draft him. So good for you. Um, we also saw Alex Smith be awesome. Uh, 368 yards and four touchdowns. That is Alex Smith's line, not Tom Brady's line. So um,
0: Yeah, he's not so awesome this past week.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, other guys who may have been drafted in the top 10, depending on your league. Uh, only two of the top 10 ADP players uh, according to Yahoo's rankings anyways, uh, finished in double-digit points. Uh, and I believe that would include now Melvin Gordon, who was in the top ten, but he did not have a touchdown last night, so he probably did not break the ten-point the ten point barrier. So we saw eight, Antonio Brown and LaShawn McCoy score big points, um, and a couple of those guys like Jay Ajayi and Mike Evans didn't play because they had you know the traditional week one bye. Um, but a lot of big names did not do anything. Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, combined for 55 yards and 21 carries.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it, it was really a rough week for most teams that thought that they drafted well, looking at those teams and big names that have done well in the past. Um, honestly, most of them lost this week or at the bottom of their league results with uh, a couple of exceptions. But uh, you definitely think that that's, you know, it's just a statistical anomaly. That's not like the rookies are suddenly that much better than the uh, than the. the incumbent professionals that the game's going to turn itself on its ass or something.
1: Sure, but right away, and including last night when we saw several rookies play very well, like Delvin Cook in the first game, um, four of the top 15 point scorers as of Monday morning were rookies. So it was Hunt, we also saw Deshaun Kaiser, who was one of the top running quarterbacks this week, Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Leonard Fournette, who had a huge game. Um, So all four of those guys had great games. I believe that Cook probably... Would uh, push for the top fifteen, um, if only because uh, he had a really huge run at the end of the game, and he wound up breaking Adrian Peterson's record for the most points. Um, what is it? The the most rushing yards in a in a first game as a Viking.
0: Okay, sure. So
1: yeah. uh, you know a little stretch, but hey, to do that against Adrian Peterson, you know that's kind of fun. Poor guy. Oh, yeah, poor Adrian Peterson. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: And then the touchdown ratio that you were talking about. So we went into the day at 29 to 23. So 29 touchdowns, 23 interceptions. Um, Last night was better. Uh, It was 9 to 2 over both games. So it brings the total up to 38 to 25. But still, 38 touchdowns, 25 picks over the whole weekend, when in years past we were having touchdown totals of 48 and 50 uh, on a pretty much regular basis to start the season. So... Um, it's not that teams shifted to the run more. I think that people were a little, uh, rusty and, um, I, you know, maybe the defenses are playing a little bit better, but I think it was just kind of a down week in the NFL. That's all, you know, a lot of the studs weren't doing very much. I was listening to, um, the fantasy football channel on Sirius XM radio on Sunday because I was driving for a bunch of the day and, uh, they talk about, um, these touchdowns that are basically, um... Like, who cares touchdowns? And, and all day long, it was these guys who just, everyone who was scoring touchdowns, like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? And, it, you know, they kind of continued last night when it was Trevor Simeon to, uh, who's the receiver in Denver that kept catching the ball? Fowler. Yeah, Fowler had two touchdowns. You know, none, none of those guys were starting on anybody's team. Right. Um, so anyways, um, you know, we'll expect to see the offense ramp up more in the next couple weeks. Right? Is that what you expect to see from the NFL?
0: Yeah, well, week one's always a little turbulent, and the I think the coaches and offensive coordinators are just kind of throwing stuff out there to see what sticks, especially against these teams because we don't know what their defense looks like. A lot of new uh, defensive coordinators, a lot of people that are new coaches or players that haven't ever played each other or been on the same team. So yeah, absolutely. I think things will even out a little bit. But um, it's something that we always talk about where people are drafting rookies too high and and now you're going to see even more of that. So all those people that did draft a couple rookies, like say you had Cook and Hunt on your team as your running backs, well, you're going to be all over them, super hyped up about them. You're going to start them both and one of these weeks they're both going to give you like a total of 10 points just because. Uh, they're rookies and they'll stumble. Um, so I want to. I want to make sure that the people listening to this show are not um, going to fall into that trap. So if you started someone and made a really good decision this past week, just make sure that uh, that's for a good reason um, and and not because you think that. Don't just Kareem Hunt is the best be running back in the NFL right now or something.
1: Yeah, he's a good <laughs> running back. He's not the best.
0: Well, these guys have no tape. You know, that's the other thing is. But remember, we had uh, we had certain quarterbacks like Robert Griffin III come out and, and do really well. And then once there was tape on him, then people knew what he, he was all about and he didn't score any points. Sure, any point. some guys <laughs>
1: do really well in the rookie year just because nobody's really seen him before. Um, and then you've got guys in their second and third year who played pretty well um, last week, you know, like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who are now sort of understanding the league. And I really feel like uh, those two teams, the Rams and the Eagles, are going to, be much better this year in fact the rams they have a new coach they have the youngest head coach the freaking head coach of the rams is three years younger than me well that's okay (laughs) well you know it makes one feel old i suppose um but the rams had the most dominant victory they won 46 to 9 against the colts who are admittedly a dumpster fire there's no nice way to put that Um, So Jared Goff had his first 300-yard game, Cooper Cup, the rookie, had four receptions and a touchdown, Todd Gurley, sort of back to his uh, 2015 ways, 24 touches, almost 100 yards, found the end zone. Um, So even without Aaron Donald last week, they had a great game. Aaron Donald comes back for week two, their defense is going to be even better, Uh, so I look for good things out of the LA Rams franchise, but not maybe the LA Chargers franchise.
0: Hmm. Well, we have, uh, we have quite a few things to discuss today, and if we just go ahead and bring up some of the, of the news that occurred last week and how that impacts us this week, uh, again, we have David Johnson, who is going to be out until somewhere around Christmas, but you have to remember that if the Cardinals are not really in the race at that point, if they're not doing well, they probably won't take him off of I.R., Uh, just to come back and and re-injure himself. So uh, if you do have him, it's best to hold on, uh, but also monitor the situation in Arizona. If uh, those guys can't put it together, then it's probably going to end up being dead weight on your team. So hang
1: on. Uh, I want to slow you down a little bit. You're suggesting that people in a regular redraft league hold on to David Johnson still
0: sure because he might come back in uh, in what week 10, week 11 something like that.
1: Uh week 10 would be the very earliest. It, they say at least 8 weeks right now and they have a bye during that time so that would be week 10 at the earliest. Um I I got to say that's if you need a if you need a roster spot, I would endorse dropping him early on. If you've kept him for 7 weeks, then maybe you just keep him the whole 10, but you know, I, I don't necessarily think that keeping these guys is the right move unless you need him for keeper purposes or something like that.
0: Sure. Well, I just got done saying that you know Arizona might not even be in the running after this, in which case they wouldn't bring him back. So it's, uh, it's certainly a possibility that the which, guy never plays on your team.
1: Right, which in my book is a reason to just cut ties early. You don't want to wait to find out that they're not going to take him back later on.
0: Well, again, a two to three month timetable, which uh, is all that's been narrowed down, doesn't mean very much at this point because he can come back in after week eight uh, as an IR character. So, yeah. So I don't know. I do not endorse dumping him just yet. I, I suggest that people wait for a little bit more news as far as the actual surgery that he's going through and if rehab goes well. But fine. I mean, I take your advice as well. Certainly possible that he doesn't play for the rest of the year. I just feel like getting rid of a guy like that might be a disappointment if he comes back to play you in the championship game.
1: So, just posted um, uh, to Roto World was this uh, blurb from Bruce Arians that they hope to have him back by Christmas, which is week 16. Um, so, you know, you've got waivers tonight. If you've got other people to drop, hold on to David for another week or two to get the news. But really, it's not looking good.
0: Sure. Um, Danny Woodhead is out with a hamstring injury. They're saying six to eight weeks. Um, In in that case, again, this is a guy who could be uh, top 10 PPR running back every time he's in the game. Uh, The guy who's going to be taking his place, and I was going to talk a little bit about that with David, uh, is uh, a gentleman named Buck Allen, Javorius Allen. Buck is the nickname. And he actually uh, did a pretty good job um, last week as far as sucking up snaps uh, and getting some points out there. But he's not an incredibly good football player. However, he's going to be, <laughs> he's gonna be a, a good option as as someone to put in a flex spot or whatever, especially in a PPR league, because he'll end up getting most of the passing down work on the Ravens. And it looks like they have a, a decent team this year put together. So Buck Allen, even if he's not out there getting... Um, A ton of yards per carry or a high average is still going to be a player who is a risk of getting, you know, eight to 12 points per fantasy game. And that's someone that you're going to want to have on your team on the end of your bench. So he's someone you're going to see scooped up this week. So just an option for you guys out there. Lots
1: of running backs to get scooped up early in the year.
0: Yeah. Um, And Terrence West is the main gentleman still on the Ravens. And I don't think anything's going to hurt him. That'll actually help him to not have Woodhead around. He's the main
1: guy. I mean, Allen had 21 carries. And West is still considered the main guy?
0: So the 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 game itself dictated that because most of the game was garbage time and they gave it to Javorius Allen. The coaches were saying in the uh, in the conferences after the games, et cetera, that uh, the reason that they were giving it to him towards the end of the game was to see what they had because they knew that Woodhead was going to be out for a long time. Okay,
1: I see. West did have 19 carries as well. So,
0: But they did give Allen most of the, the bulk of the work at the end of the game. So you can see that as kind of a um a tryout period to see if they needed to get another guy or if they could kind of stick with him. I think they're going to stick with him even though he's not quite as good at getting that um that extra couple yards as the little sneaky woodhead was. Um, And David Johnson's corner you've got Chris Johnson who just got hired back on, but nobody really thinks very much of him. Uh, Kerwin Williams is a guy who's going to be getting the most carries on that team, but they have a bunch of other players too. So uh, that's it's a really questionable pickup, even though it'll be a popular one this week. You might pick up a guy who is never going to get more than six or seven points uh, on average in a game, or he could end up being a really good guy for Arizona and for you if he's scoring the touchdowns, uh, if they keep getting close in goal line situations, because that will end sure. up being the guy.
1: I wouldn't expect a sort of uh, situation like we have in Pittsburgh, when Bell goes down and you put the backup in and he scores... Big bell cow points right away. I don't expect to see that in Arizona. I would I would assume that there's going to be more of a timeshare there. You know, Williams will at first get all you know all of the early down work, uh, but probably not a whole lot of third down work. So um, you, there's going to be a lot of you know sharing the load to make up for David Johnson because none of those guys can make up for you know can be David Johnson.
0: Yeah, well you remember they had Andre Ellington before David Johnson that was kind of like David Johnson except. uh he was a little weaker, uh, not as fast, etc. So he'll still be out there, still scoring points, but he's a, a threat to get injured just as much as he is to score a touchdown. <laughs> um, and the last guy I wanted to talk about as far as injuries was Allen Robinson. Um, he is has been in good and bad situations, one of the best wide receivers in the game over the, the young uh, years that he's been in the NFL. Uh, in 2005, he broke some records, etc. Last year, didn't do so well. Uh, was sort of a bounce-back candidate this year, and uh, one of our writers, Mike Mazzarino, put up a bit about him specifically on the site at drink5.com, which I encourage you to check out. But uh, because he went down, uh, Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns are probably the guys that will end up filling in for him. But again, just like David Johnson, neither of those guys are really bell cow wide receivers. We saw Alan Hearns uh, do pretty well last year in in some aspects, but having read a whole lot about him from a uh, from like a player profile perspective on a bunch of different websites, no one expects him to be the number one receiver. Um, so I think it'll be split. And uh, if you're looking for a replacement, uh, the gist of this article, which I agree with, is that it's not going to be found there on Jacksonville, yeah. especially because Leonard Fournette is doing well, the J- defense is doing well, and Bortles is more of a manager right now than a uh gunslinger like he was the past yeah, year. They
1: do not want to put the ball in his hands to win the game. So they want the, they want the defense and the running game to win the game for them. Yep. If he can be a game manager, then he'll continue to start there and all of the quarterback controversy at the beginning of the season will have just been the sort of, you know, bluster that kind of lights a fire underneath certain guys.
0: Well, i think that's the whole the whole reason that all of it happened in the first place was right. you know burtel was always more talented than chad henney but nobody keeps their
1: job as an nfl coach by starting chad henney
0: no <laughs> that's true um so so the guys that you should be targeting if you're losing some of those players as far as david johnson danny woodhead um, Allen Robinson, or or other players in similar situations are not always the direct replacements, which a lot of people that are less uh, skilled or, shall we say, experienced in fantasy football will pick up the direct replacement because that's how they, they feel they're going to slot in and take all the targets. Even if they do take the majority of the targets, they won't be as good as the previous player. They're not first chair, they're second chair, or third chair.
1: I feel like that makes sense maybe a little later in the season, but right now, early in the season, you have a lot of guys who weren't drafted who are playing well. Um, And you did have probably more than average injuries right now. Um, So there's a lot of guys in the waiver wire out there that, you know, maybe that have nothing to do with uh, moving up because of injury. They've just been playing better. And that's not going to be the case later in the year. Later in the year, you do sometimes need that, you know, who is just taking his carries because that's
0: who I want. That's exactly it. So we're looking at guys like uh, Cooper Cup, who is kind of, the slot guy soaking up targets uh, from Jared Goff on the Rams. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who you mentioned earlier, who's still not on a lot of teams, uh, who's kind of the third wide receiver for the Lions, but you know they're a pass-happy team, so he's going to keep sneaking up there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, Nelson Aguilar, who, again, is, is not owned by that many people, uh, who, who looks like a pretty good um, uh, snatch for the Eagles. Because they, they have Elshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, but they're not really doing very much right now. Yeah. Uh, no, Eglor is the one with the big game. And uh, other guys I wanted to mention, Cooper Cup,
1: I think uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the article, but yeah, he's, he's. Uh, I agree with Mike, he would be my top wide receiver pickup this week.
0: Um, Kendall Wright, who who now is pretty much the only uh, target threat on the Bears uh, besides Tariq Cohen. Um, he should be soaking up targets as well from a guy like uh, Mike Glennon or Trubisky, whoever ends up playing, because they need that slot protection. Um, they're not they're not going to be experienced enough to be chucking it downfield all the time. Um, so look for those guys. Like you said, Jason, the good ones are not going to be available after the first couple weeks of the season. If you miss on your opportunities this week because you think, I don't have the FAAB budget to put $5 on a guy, or let's just wait a couple weeks and see what happens. They're all going to be gone. And you're going to just be left with the slop um, in week six and seven yeah. that the people are dropping because they have bi-week players. And that's not what you want. You have to spend some money. You can't just uh, save $100 or save your waiver pick until week 14 to hope that some miracle comes out on the waiver.
1: Right. There will be good players on the waiver later in the year, but there are good players on the waiver wire right now. So do not let like week one and uh, a small sample size, you know, keep you from taking them. You need to, you need to make a lot of claims this week. It's very important to, you know, continue that, and that'll get you in sort of the mode of, you know, maintaining your team throughout the season. You know, if you maintain your team very well in a league where maybe not everyone is paying full attention, you're almost certain to make the playoffs just because you're, you know, you're going to have a better team at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Andrew Luck's going to keep missing games. I don't know for how long. And obviously that's also going to impact guys like T.Y. Hilton, um, like Dante Moncrief. Um, uh, the tight end that they have there that's uh, supposed to be pretty good, Jack Doyle. Yeah, but he's not going to be good if it's Scott Tolzien or Jacoby Brissett. Or if you get Jack Doyle, then go
1: find a Jesse James or an Austin Hooper.
0: Well, I, I don't know about Austin Hooper. That's that's two catches for 120 something yards. That doesn't seem like regular uh, uh, production to me. But he did really well. I'll grant you that. <laughs> um,
1: he's leading the league in yards per catch, Dave.
0: <laughs> um. We're going to see uh, a couple guys that are going higher than maybe they should be, but we'll we'll see if they become phenoms. Like we mentioned, Tariq Cohen on the Bears, that guy looks awesome. Like he could literally threaten for uh, the the highest fantasy points on the Bears the whole year, and that might even include quarterbacks, depending on the situation between <laughs> between Glennon and Trubisky.
1: If Glennon winds up with hundred yard games then, yeah, he's not going to be scoring many points at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the guy I was going to mention earlier, and, and the last guy that I was interested in for sort of picking up this week was, uh, was Corey Davis, who is a rookie on Tennessee, did pretty well even though he wasn't in all the snaps. And, uh, again, a guy who is still available because a lot of people didn't draft him because he didn't play in the preseason. So what do you think about these rookies? Um, at the end of the year, out of this rookie class, Uh, And this is definitely something we'll continue to ask our our college expert, Sean Foss, too, as he puts out those um, rookie report columns. Uh, What do you think, what do you see being the the top rookies right now at the end of the year, say, in running backs and and wide receivers?
1: Uh, Well, I definitely like the look of some of the running backs this week. Uh, What's his face? Um, Christian McCaffrey looked really good. Delvin Cook looked really good. Leonard Fournette looked really good. Um, I think that, for sure, at least two of the rookie running backs this week, uh, well, not this week, but this season, will wind up as top ten running backs. Um, and, and don't be afraid to get rookies. Don't be afraid to start them. The, the NFL knows that they have to keep their teams very young in order to afford them and in order to be able to produce and stay healthy. So rookies are going to stay healthy probably more, more frequently Um, And they are going to be given more opportunities than like a veteran who they already know what they've got. So, um, you know, the NFL always gets younger. Make sure that your fantasy team reflects that. Make sure that you aren't afraid to pick up some rookies, to start them. You know, unless you have a team full of studs, which nobody really does, then you need to, you know, you need to not discount the rookies.
0: Yeah, unless you're in one of those uh, like six to eight player leagues that's uh, the stuff of of uh, of legends in third grade. (laughs)
1: the easiest leagues that we can find. That's right. So uh, over at wide receiver, um, you know, you just mentioned Corey Davis. I I think that it's going to take more time for some of these guys to really emerge. I don't know that we'll see any of them really in the top 10 this year, Um, but I like what I saw from Cooper Cup. I like Kenny Galladay. I want to see what guys like John Ross and Juju Smith-Schuster have to offer us. Um, So I, I think if you're going rookies and you got the running backs, then you're golden.
0: Could be, could be. I, uh, I do think it'll take a while. It usually does because of protections and, and everything and, and all the, the different routes that they have to run that they didn't have to necessarily in, in the college game. Um, let's talk a little bit about Sam Bradford. Uh, Sam Bradford, Minnesota Vikings I I like the guy, okay I thought he's always been super accurate But he's had problems in the past First of all, because he only has Played a couple of years uh, with a full complement of games, he's always had that Kind of on again, off again, which means He hasn't had two years in a row of really solid Production until 2015 To 2016, now because he's on his third year now, right second year with the same offensive coordinator and a lot of the same people uh, have followed him from uh, from team to team. In fact, I forget who the coach is, but there is one guy on Minnesota that's been there since the Rams. Rams, Philadelphia, and Minnesota. Basically,
1: just following Bradford around.
0: I I don't know if Bradford's following him or he's following Bradford, (laughs) but that tends to happen in the NFL. Is these the coaches and players that have good relationships and do well together? They tend to you know buddy buddy kind of go around. I'll I'll give you sure.
1: It's like Jay Cutler and what's his face Adam. Madam Gase, Gase yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, exactly. So, so Keller's retired. He's he's about to step into the spotlight on Fox or whatever he was going to be on, and Gase gives him a call, and he's like, "Come on, Come on. I'll you want to move to Florida? I'll give you a bunch of money and an Elshon Jeffrey clone. The
1: weather is really nice, <laughs> I promise.
0: So it works that way because you want to play <laughs> the game. You don't want to ever be the old guy that stops playing, right? Right. Um anyway Bradford is not an old guy. Bradford is 29 years old and he uh is poised to have a really good season because last year he broke some records as far as like the uh
1: single season completion record percentage. Yeah. 71.6%, beating Drew Brees is 71.2. And he played 15 games last year. So it's not like, you know, he snuck in on a technicality.
0: And he had his most uh his most completions out of out of any year. His most yards out of any year, most um, uh, not most touchdowns, but if you look at touchdown to interception ratio, twenty to five, pretty fantastic. Far
1: better. His his previous high was twenty one. He threw thirteen picks that year, so um, and, last, he, and he didn't even have a sixty percent uh, completion percentage.
0: Well, then. in last year's issue, you remember, I'm sure uh, Minnesota was, and and I've talked about this several times so far, just in the space of preseason to week two, um, week one and a half, wherever we are right now, week one through two, it's one, week two. Let's do it. <laughs> um, is uh, is the. The, the problem with the Vikings, because last year, for example, they they were good for about six or seven games. People were saying they're unbeatable, they're going to win the NFC North, they're going to they beat the Packers, go on to the, the playoffs, and something happened uh, towards the middle of the season where their defense fell off, their offensive line fell off, they had injuries, um, they had all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. occur at the same time. And I think we're seeing right now, as I'm sure a lot of you guys saw the game uh, last night between... Uh, Minnesota, and they played, uh, who did they play? New Orleans. Yeah, see, I don't even remember because Drew Brees wasn't throwing touchdowns. None of the New Orleans guys that were familiar with scoring points scored any points. That's true. So Minnesota's defense and offense just kind of lit it up. Uh, guys that I've been high on, for example, last week in week one, I, I put Adam Thielen way h- up high in the rankings, and he was
1: fantastic. He's clearly a favorite of Sam Bradford,
0: and he just got a big contract,
1: too. For a UDFA guy, that's impressive.
0: Well, him and Stefan Diggs, uh, and like we, I think we talked about this yesterday, is those are the two most unknown guys that are the best guys in fantasy that I've ever seen or heard of.
1: I don't think that Stefan Diggs is very unknown anymore. I, and if he is, then it's your fault, not his fault anymore.
0: I'm not saying that he's unknown in that no one knew who he was. I'm saying he's unknown in that everyone still drafts him like, way lower than they should. And so was w-
1: underrated for sure.
0: I was trying and to two more target. touchdowns
1: on, uh, on you know, in a prime time game.
0: Yeah. So so and Kyle Rudolph, like they have they have a lot of weapons there, uh, and let's not even talk about guys that are you have good pedigrees like Treadwell that they're not even using. Uh, so they they have a great team and Dalvin Cook, the rookie you just mentioned, that's mm-hmm. that was just kind of slicing and dicing through people. Their their backup running back is Latavius Murray, who used to be a like high pedigree starting running back for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, but he saw the field and fumbled the ball right away.
0: <laughs> so they're gonna stick with Jarek McKinnon
1: as the backup there, I'm almost certain.
0: Oh, I I think I think that was always gonna be the case. Delvin Cook was gonna be the guy. Um, if there's no injuries here on the Minnesota offense and defense, uh, kind of sky's the limit at this point. Like,
1: Well, I saw Rhodes leave the field, uh, Xavier Rhodes.
0: Well, what I wanted to talk about specifically with you was that Sam Bradford had completed 27 of 32 for 346 and three touchdowns. Um, I, I don't think it gets better than that. So, it
1: does. There's a guy named Alex Smith.
0: <laughs> he has a lower uh, completion percentage, doesn't
1: he? I'm sure. 84.4% last night for Sam Bradford. Stellar game for him. 27-32. Um, Alex Smith and Sam Bradford, they're both kind of the same type of quarterback, right? They're sort of known as a game manager, but they can really light it up. If they're given the opportunity. Um, so these guys are like sort of the elite of the game managers, I would say. Guys who are going to start for many years even as a game manager. As opposed to like, you know, a Kyle Orton or Re- someone like that.
0: Well, I'm not sure he's a game manager. I mean, he was he was tossing the ball downfield. He was pinpoint passing. He was uh, scrambling where he needed to. Uh, I, I call him a game manager because he throws very high percentage
1: passes and takes few risks. When they're winning and playing well, it, it, it benefits them to take a few more risks, certainly. But, you know, he's not...
0: Okay, so I was going to ask you what his, what his sort of uh, year-long um, outlook is, and you're going to tell me then that he is uh, a borderline QB2 because he's not taking enough risks and doesn't throw it downfield. So you still think he's going to manage the game You with... mean
1: borderline between 1 and 2? Two? 2 and 3. Oh, I think he's a solid QB2.
0: So he's moved up in your eyes then.
1: Um yeah yeah yeah. I I did draft him in a two quarterback league. Okay. Uh not as my second guy because I have Ryan and Stafford, but as like that close third.
0: So between 2 and 3.
1: <laughs> I drafted him that way, but I certainly see him as he's he's hitting his upside right
0: now. Well, good for you because He's on a great team That's and that's where I would put him. I I have him this week against Pittsburgh a little bit farther down at number 20 but I think that um, that my ranking might move up throughout the week depending uh, I have to I have to look at the uh, the matchups between the uh, the, the cornerbacks Pittsburgh and the wide receivers did, did there.
1: Did give up points to Kaiser.
0: Yeah, well, Kaiser's also an unknown and there's three five years of tape on Bradford, so yeah. it, it should be a little easier for them to defend against him. But but yeah, that's what I'm looking for is, is Sam Bradford going to be, at some points in this year, a guy that could fill in as a bye week replacement, a guy that could be a low-end QB1? And I think the answer, if there's no injuries and issues on Minnesota, is yes, because Thielen and Diggs are guys that can put up three touchdowns in a game.
1: Especially matchup dependent. When they're playing like the Packers or someone like that, he's going to have to throw the ball to keep them in the game.
0: But knowing the offensive coordinator of Minnesota, for example, uh, uh, do you do you think that they might just end up changing the game script where they're just running the ball and 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 going back to game management, or do you think now kind of the cats out of the out of the box? You know, I don't know. Thirty-two pass
1: attempts is pretty encouraging in a game where they hit the lead almost the whole time. The hard they part did is run the ball a lot. The
0: hard part is they played New Orleans, which
1: which has like the worst passing defense. It,
0: I love how I was watching the game in New Orleans. Uh, the the uh, the The people that were doing the commentary were like, Yeah, but New Orleans has really picked up their defense and they're really going to showcase their defense here tonight. Yeah,
1: I know. And they had a few, (laughs) they have a few players and they made a couple of plays, but. It's happening! Defense! Ah! Look, they didn't give up 40 points. I guess, you know, look at the bright side.
0: That's right. Look at the bright side. I agree. They only give up
1: 29 points.
0: (laughs) Ah, well, fair enough. Um, Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. So. The, the, oh, do we have to? Well, I mean, a <laughs> lot of kidding. people, myself included, thought that this year might be pretty good when you've got uh, AJ Green and Andy Dalton both doing pretty well in years past, both being, you know, um, uh, kind of a pass heavy offense uh, from time to time in Cincinnati. And Tyler Eifert has been a pretty highly drafted tight end as well. But Tyler only had one target. And and the Bengals didn't look that very... that was
1: surprising.
0: They didn't look very good on Sunday at all. But but with one target, do you think that that uh, that has something to do with how they how they view their offense this year, or do you think Cincinnati will kind of recover? I mean, I, I
1: think that you have to burn the tape for Cincinnati.
0: <laughs>
1: it's really you know he threw four picks. They fumbled the ball a lot. You can't.
0: Could it be the end you of can't Andy, Andy Dalton? Build
1: on that, you need to do other things. Well, I mean. You know, the Andy Dalton. Did, didn't we decide last year that Andy Dalton was finally above the Andy Dalton line, and that it was now the Jay Cutler line?
0: Well, now it's not the Jay now, Cutler we, line. It's
1: not the Jay Cutler line. We have to we we'll have to pick a new guy well, to we set have the to... line at. And I don't know that we can pick a, a guy in week one. But I'm I'm thinking it might be like Trevor Simeon. We have to see... is the line this year.
0: I well, it, and it's... Andy Dalton's got
1: to be better than Trevor Simeon.
0: If you're talking about fantasy football quarterbacks, then I have him in my bottom. No, I'm talking starters.
1: about when, when we set the Andy Dalton, Jay Cutler line long ago, it was you if you, if your quarterback is better than this, then you try and win a Super Bowl. And if your quarterback is worse than this, then you find a new one. And so I think Andy Dalton is still a guy that you keep to try and win a Super Bowl.
0: That's working well for them. It's, it's, <laughs> they're, they're on fire at this point.
1: Right. I think that he's a guy you keep to try and win a playoff game because that's what they need to do first. Yeah. It's win a playoff game. They're playing the Texans. The Texans are also terrible. They're probably going to start Deshaun Watson if he's healthy enough on Thursday night. Um, otherwise, they get Tom Savage. And I say you start the Bengals defense against Tom Savage or really Kaiser. Or not Kaiser, but Watson. Um,
0: I, well, I think you always start the defense against a newer quarterback because they're going to give up. You know, there's going to be mistakes. But the question is, uh, do you start Houston's defense against Cincinnati, who just gave up four turnovers when you know Houston is a great defense? Could it also be a Houston burn-the-tape moment from, from last week?
1: Oh, but Both teams are burning the tape. This is week one for both of them.
0: So they're just... <laughs> they're let's, both just going to be let's like... Let's start over. Let's I, just start over. I would over. take
1: the Bengals over the Texans as far as defense special teams go on fantasy. Um, if only because they're playing at home and because, you know... They're playing against the newer quarterback, so I, I would go with the Bengals over the Texans if it's either or. But the Texans aren't a bad start either.
0: Yeah, both both teams did pretty poorly last week uh, from a defensive and offensive perspective, and so I guess we're gonna we're gonna see that burnt tape battle is what we'll call it, the BTB, um, and we'll see what happens. I'm I'm gonna go with Houston there, but you're right. They have to have an offense in order to win. Um, neither team seemed very good last week. Cincinnati's definitely uh, been able to prove it longer with a quarterback that's been in the league longer than uh, you, you know uh, two or three years. All right. So. Well,
1: let me give you some silver linings here, okay? In, uh, for te- the Texans, Watson threw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and anybody who has DeAndre Hopkins was freaking rejoicing. Finally, someone who pays attention to him and acknowledges his existence.
0: Well, I like Deshaun Watson, and I think that Houston can get it together. I think that Bill O'Brien's a good coach, but I think they've been presented a lot of problems. Look at Will Fuller, who's who's now out uh, for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks at they least. He had five
1: concussions last week. Fedorowicz is going to the
0: IR. It's, it's Lots crazy. Lots of issues
1: in, in, in Texas, but I'm looking for silver linings here, Dave. Not not more great. No, more you're right. The, the
0: answer is that uh, that at least he's going to throw it to the wide receiver one that is one of the best in the league but just doesn't get targeted. Doesn't get reception. So if we throw uh if we throw him the ball ten times a game, then we can expect almost a hundred yards. That's just how he works. That's that's the kind of player he is.
1: And the Texans couldn't stop anybody last week. So that looks good for AJ Green. It looks good for Tyler Eifert. It looks good for maybe a Joe Mixon.
0: I don't see how JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney can't like destroy the Cincinnati Bengals, but I, yeah, I know. We'll see. This well is they the should same have been team. able to destroy Blake Bortles. It's the right? same team last year that almost beat the Patriots.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, it, it is a different quarterback, but still it's not
0: Well it's always fun going in a new year of fantasy because, you know, we, we saw on Thursday, the first game of the season, that, you know, uh Alex Smith and some rookies can beat the Patriots, who a lot of people were rejoicing and heralding as the is the second coming once more. Yep. So uh we, we will see what but happens. But now it'll
1: be an overreaction the other direction, I'm sure, in in uh Boston. Where everyone thinks that the sky is falling again, <laughs> but the last time the the Chiefs really beat up the Patriots, the sky was falling in uh, New England. And what happened after that? They won two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. So don't you know if you're a Patriots fan, screw you. But don't worry about your team.
0: Let me let me give you a couple uh, sort of speed uh, uh, things that I've been thinking about. So first thing, uh, Matt Stafford and Detroit Lions. Uh, we talked about this uh, off off air that the NFC North might be a pretty interesting um, uh, division this year, and the Detroit Lions have a really potent offense. Amir Abdullah is healthy, and he didn't do well last week, but I think that he might end up being a really good running back. But let's talk about Stafford. Um, his hand isn't busted like it was last year, and uh, passing is exactly what the team does. Um, so his, his 80- Even when they run the ball, they throw it. His ADP was was QB 14. This is a guy that could finish top six, maybe be an MVP candidate. So, thoughts on Stafford and the Lions?
1: Whoa. You just. You gave me whiplash there. <laughs> you went from Matt Stafford had a broken hand last year to now he's an MVP candidate. I, I don't. I can't say that he isn't at this point because he led a great fourth quarter comeback. He has to be a. That's the to kind of crap game. that the MVP voters love, is like. Yeah. You know, and, and it. It's it's not about fantasy in that situation. It's about, does he win football games? And he's going to be winning football games for them.
0: Well, fantasy in that, you know, the Lions are one of and, the top uh, passing exactly, teams in the exactly. NFL. Exactly, yeah. if he's
1: going to do that. So I totally agree. Uh, Matt Stafford probably should be owned in most leagues at this point. Uh, you know, I, I think that some of the top flight quarterbacks this year are maybe going to uh, disappoint you a little bit. Certainly if you've drafted, like, a Andrew Luck or something like that. You need you know a, a better option immediately. Um, but look at Alex Smith, Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford, Travis Simeon, Carson Wentz, Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Kaiser, are like the top scorers of the week in standard leagues. You know you you got to get to Philip Rivers at basically ten. Who tied with Derek Carr before you start getting to like one of those m- big names?
0: Well, this to me was a tragic week in fantasy football, not because of injuries, but just because it didn't. Nothing is as it seems right nothing now. Nothing happened. Nothing is as it seems. So,
1: so in our league, in our Drink Five league, the top seven quarterbacks are free agents. Yeah, the top seven of them.
0: What you think should be happening right now is not. So, I'm I'm asking all of you out there to to be careful when you're picking players off the wire or cutting players willy-nilly to think about it, because you, you do have to still start and keep your studs. It's week one of the NFL. Week one. <laughs> exactly. Um, Mike Gillisley is a guy I wanted to bring up. Uh, Gillisley was overshadowed a lot by Kareem Hunt's performance, but if we look at what he did, he got 15 rushes from being a short yardage back on the New England Patriots and scored three touchdowns he actually did a fantastic job and might be better than Legarrett Blunt at Legarrett Blunt's role on the Patriots offense. So people aren't talking about him, but he's actually still um, you know, available in some leagues, not very many, but those of you who did end up drafting him, um, lower because his ADP was very low in the draft. It was, yeah. He's he's going to give you a lot of uh of payback I think as a New England Patriot. He's
1: 92% out at this point. I'm worried about the 3 yards per carry. I don't think that Belichick I think Belichick figures he can throw anyone in at the goal line and they're going to score.
0: No. He, he was the goal line back clearly with the three touchdowns. He had 15 touches, which was more than LeGarrette Blunt usually got on those kinds of games. And they weren't winning. Uh, they were right they on were the cusp. They were winning
1: until the fourth quarter.
0: The reason that... Uh, I'm saying they weren't winning by a lot, which is when Blunt was always in. Eating up the clock.
1: Right. And, it, you know, it's. James,
0: James White was in there in those kinds of uh, situations. But we saw that Rex Burkhead, which a lot of people thought, including me, might end up taking up those slot receptions, was not really used very much. Um, and when he was, he wasn't doing very well. So I think at this point, it's James White and Mike Gillisley. Uh, and I know you can say a lot about New England running backs, but it's, it'd be, you'd be a fool to discount three touchdowns and 15 touches on the New England Patriots in this game situation. So, I'm simply saying, uh, I guess you're not really trading for Gillisley or picking him up at this point. Uh, Just that Gillisley is doing well, and that's interesting. um, Because a lot of people thought that they weren't going to keep that same role. Yeah. Um, Ty Montgomery, did you see any of the Packers game?
1: I did. I did did get to see uh, some of that. So...
0: So he played 90% of the offensive snaps for the Packers Mm -hmm. and he got kind of a little bit injured during that spot or he might have played even more, 100% or something close to that. But he, as a running back now, um, uh, was drafted in like the late third round, early fourth round uh, of the drafts and I think he's going to be playing every single snap out there with the Packers. So I was really excited to see his, his production and how often they're putting him out there. Do you think that that can last all year? Yeah, I mean, he put A converted
1: wide receiver can do 20 carries a game
0: the whole season? He put on like 20 pounds. He looked okay to me. He was busting through people. And the reason I I think the the Packers are pretty uh, positive about him, confident about his performance going forward, is because they drafted um, and picked up some running backs to put on their team as depth, but they're all young, late rounders. They are not guys that are going to take over.
1: Is Ty Montgomery maybe a target for trades for you?
0: Well, considering he didn't have a really high score this past week, I would say that he's a guy to go after. I think that's a that's a really good option. Cool. Um, we talked about Tariq Cohen a little bit. Um, we talked about Cup and Davis and Aguilar. What about guys that, that maybe aren't as good as we thought they were? How about Jordan Howard? Let's talk about him. Do you think that Jordan Howard is going to continue where he left off last year? Or do you think on a on a team like this, based on the situations that you saw last week playing Atlanta, uh, maybe they're not going to have as much uh, work for him to do
1: um I, I certainly think with Cohen in the mix and not having any wide receivers on the team really that that may limit jordan howard's opportunities
0: but like the straight enough. through the tackles is going to be tough
1: exactly Jordan Howard was really a guy who um played very well last year and was very highly regarded so Mm -hmm. um they they can't just get rid of him it's not like the langford situation going into last year where langford just needed someone who looked better than him and then he was going to be gone i don't think that they're going to give up on howard or anything like that because of tariq cohen um but then again howard basically dropped a touchdown pass to win the game so that's not going to win him any favor points either um so I'm sort of mixed on Howard. If someone offers you something good for him, I would take it. Because I have no faith in the Bears offense for the rest of the year. You know, I, I think that a, a twenty point a game average is very generous for them. And uh, you know, I I'm not really sure that they're gonna get there. So uh from the chat room, Mike wants to know, uh since we're talking about Howard, do you like Howard or Todd Gurley for the rest of the year? Um and I, I would go with Gurley personally because I would take the guy on the better team. You know, when you've got two running backs, when you've got two running backs who need volume to depend on their production, you want the guy on the better team so that
0: you're getting more production. I don't know who the better team is. The Rams or the Bears? Really? No, I don't know.
1: Oh, the Rams are clearly the better team.
0: The Bears just played Atlanta and they almost beat them.
1: The Rams just won forty-six to nine without their best player.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm familiar with that. Again, it's week one of the NFL when all the rookies performed at skyrocketing fantasy values. We have to temper our expectations a little. Sure, um, of course. But but yes, uh, Gurley versus Howard. I think that I agree with you, but the reason is not the same. I think that I agree with you because Howard now has someone who's competing with him for snaps who might be better than him.
1: And could just take away.
0: He might take his job. Yeah, I mean, if he's really that good, it, at the very least, he's gonna he's gonna take a third of Howard's snaps. At the most, he might make Howard the second running back.
1: Yes, that's very true.
0: There's, we see this a lot, no, right? Yeah,
1: there's nobody in LA who is who who is threatening. Yeah, no one's Todd taking Gurley's away job. Todd
0: Gurley's job. So, yeah. so if I'm going to law of and average, to be honest it, with
1: you, if Todd Gurley was on the Bears. Howard and Cohen would be a distant second.
0: I think Howard's an elite uh, between the tackles, uh, three down running back. I just don't think the Bears are doing that right now. Is the thing
1: they can't because everyone's going to the, stack the box against them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you can't do it, you can't do it. You're not going to use him.
1: Yeah, he's got the right measurables. He's six one two twenty five. So we both
0: Howard. say Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley. I like Howard. Dude, I just I down. don't know that he'll actually be good this year because of the situations we just mentioned. Um, let's talk about the saints running backs a little bit. You mentioned Adrian Peterson earlier. So AP, uh, went out there and he was kind of squabbling a little bit with Sean Payton. Um, he wasn't getting the play he wanted. I was thinking during the game, uh, that it was, had a lot to do with the fact that they're not going to like do play action with Adrian Peterson. Um, they're not going to just fake to like throw him the ball because they're not going to throw him the ball. And everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> So when he's out there, they just know he's going to run and he's not going to get that many yards because it's already, you know, a missed bluff opportunity, right? Uh, if they bring out Alvin Kamara... It's
1: strange to me. Like, know, knowing that Sean Payton is supposed to be one of them genius coaches, why is he going to take a player like Adrian Peterson and only use him in such obvious situations?
0: I don't, un- I don't know that answer. At all, maybe he thought that AP was like just so otherworldly that he could break through stacked boxes.
1: I think that's what AP thinks of himself.
0: It's not working though.
1: No, anymore. it didn't work in Minnesota either. Really, Oop. when it didn't work in Minnesota, when all he had was stacked boxes and no quarterback. Well, not to say that he didn't do well in Minnesota because he's going to be a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, but he he also was a different person we can finally say that i think that he's kind of lost a little bit of apness you know
1: sure he's come back down to you know mortal status
0: yeah so you've got you've got mark ingram who is the 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 short yardage back who's the starting back um even though they're kind of all splitting it right now um and he's still getting a ton of passes he had 5 receptions last game and Elvin Kamara, who's the the guy that Sean Payton likes as as this rookie to kind of break out all over the place, be a backfield entity, uh, toss toss the ball in in like little short um, you know patterns and stuff. So I think he's more comfortable with Ingram Kamara. I don't think he's going to play Peterson very often, and there's going to be a huge blow up because of it.
1: Yes, I think so, and I think it's coming soon. I don't think it's going to be something that coming wild. soon. Adrian
0: yeah. Peterson versus Sean Payton.
1: Yeah, and Sean Payton's going to lose that bet. Sean Payton's
0: going to break another uh, leg or something. He's going to tear his ACL. <laughs> He's done it once. He's going to get rolled up on the sideline. Um, Brandon Marshall, uh, he did not do very well. We watched uh, the last game. At the end of the game, he had like a 10-yard pass or something. And we're like, yes, fantastic job. <laughs> I was reading an article, and
1: they must have written it before the end of the game, because they're just like, Brandon Marshall had no catches. And I'm like, but he had one catch, but I really shouldn't get you on a technicality. (laughs) Yeah. Because really, I mean, oh, that was... It was a brutal game from the Giants, and I expect a lot better from the Giants, but that was a bad game.
0: It was, and and he had targets, uh, but he didn't catch any, even though there weren't very many. I, I think there's an issue with chemistry there, or there was a bigger issue with offensive play calling, or with Eli Manning, or with the health of somebody... Um, but the health of a certain Odell Beckham Jr. Well, let's say this: I think Marshall is still—he was still running routes. He looked okay. Uh, if he's the number two and Odell's the number one, there's no doubt that he's going to be open a lot. Um, so
1: it's a completely different team. I mean, they—they they lost their best player, one of maybe the best five players in the league.
0: So I, I don't expect that this Certainly will continue to go in his on. His
1: position, one of the best three.
0: I think we can throw this out as well and see what happens uh, going forward. Uh, as long as Odell plays week two, which, again, he's no uh, he's not guaranteed to do that either.
1: And they play on Monday night, so plan now for a replacement. Yeah. Okay? I, I got incredibly lucky. I had to leave Odell in my lineups because I thought I had no other chances. And it didn't end up costing me any games. <laughs> but plan ahead. Have someone... So we talked about a guy earlier, Kenny Galladay. The Lions are playing the Giants on Monday night try and pick up Galladay now you may want to start Galladay anyways but he is certainly a very good replacement for Odell if he doesn't start
0: Do you know his nickname uh on Detroit is is Babytron
1: like Megatron but Babytron yeah Babytron you know the nickname (laughs) that that gets me is uh Sam Bradford is sleeves or two sleeves something like that why is that because he wears sleeves I suppose
0: that's very clever
1: well yeah you know
0: so it's probably a big guy nicknamed him. He's like, "Fine, I got. I'll take it." It's most obviously, yeah.
1: Most nicknames aren't that great.
0: It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's wrap up. I wanted to uh, do a little over under like we did last week, and and hopefully we might do for the for uh, the rest of the of the season. We'll see. Cool. Um, in this case, I'm uh, gonna. I've got four players, and and if and the idea behind it is, um, you can go ahead and start. We'll alternate uh, as far as. Um, Saying if it's going to be over or under the amount of fantasy points that I begin with, um, once we decide on on that, then we'll go ahead and write that down. And the winner in this case uh, is going to get a uh, a free trip to a brewery. Um, Fantastic! So the this
1: will this will go nicely with my free trip to the uh, barbecue place.
0: Yeah, let's let's make all the bets where I have to pay <laughs> yeah. like sixty dollars. That'll be fun for everyone. Well,
1: you'll get free beer while you're there. Don't worry.
0: Can't wait for my. $7. But dollar. last week
1: we had Kareem Hunt uh, at 15 and he went over, way over. We had Martavis at 11 and he went under, way under. We had Martellus Bennett at 8. He also went under, but not way under. Um and I'm proud to say that I nailed all three of those. So I will be getting some free food and beer. Thank you Dave and Mike.
0: Yeah, congratulations. So let's do some more. Tariq Cohen uh rushed 5 times for 66 and caught 8 of 12 for 47 um and a touchdown. He had a total of 17.3 fantasy points in a standard league. Um, so we're going to go ahead and set the over-under for Tariq at 12 points going forward, uh, playing Tampa Bay this week. So you can go ahead and start with 12 as an over-under.
1: Uh, Tariq Cohen. Who did the the Bears play again? Tampa Bay. Tampa. Isn't that game supposed to be in Tampa?
0: At Tampa Bay.
1: Well, there's been no talk about moving it yet, so I assume that it's going to go on. Um,
0: Honestly, and shout out to Hurricane Irma and of course everyone that it affected, but mostly Irma. Mostly uh, Irma. Uh, I was I was happy to see that, and you you were following along much more closely than I was because I wasn't in it or anything. So I was like, ah, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was glad to see that uh, it it really kind of calmed down more than than its expected ridiculousness was going to be
1: it, it was a very ridiculous storm but the worst case scenario was far from happening
0: so of course there are there are major issues and problems and structural damage and, and monetary issues and 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 probably people that that passed away or or were injured sure but but not anywhere near as much as uh, some people predicted so
1: yeah our buddy graham good. a friend of the show who lives down in fort myers which was Right? Almost ground zero for it. Uh, his, You know, everything was mostly fine down there for him. He lucked out. There was certainly lots of destruction, uh, other houses and stuff like that. But he lucked out. Uh, and it's not as bad as it could have been, which is a good thing. Um, so, anyways, I would take Tariq Cohen. You gave him 12, you said?
0: 12 points. Fantasy. In a
1: standard league. Yeah, I'm going to go under on Tariq. I go under 12.
0: Okay, I'll go under as well. Well, it comes down to 11.
1: Uh, I would go under 11. Yeah, I'm not not one who has sold on Tariq Cohen just yet.
0: Okay, I'm going to go under 11. That comes down to 10. Um, Well, I'll go under 10. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over, and I think that he will be a, a well-used spoke. So uh, even if that doesn't include a touchdown, he might eclipse that and just yardage. But we'll see. I mean, this is one of those things, right? This is the uh, the calming down of the rookies.
1: So at 10, you're going over. I'm going under.
0: Are you writing this down for us? I am writing it down. All right. So I won't do it as well then. Uh, the second guy I have up um, is Corey Davis, who played 42 of 64 snaps uh, in week one. And uh, he uh, had 69 yards on 10 targets. Uh, he had six receptions total for 69 yards so that's a total of 6.9 points in a standard league and they are going up against um, this week uh, Jacksonville and Jacksonville had kind of a, a difficult defense it, it looks like uh, I am setting that at exactly what he got um, so 6.9 is going to round up to 7 7 points for Corey Davis uh, and I guess it's my turn Yeah, so, so I'll say over 7
1: that's fine. I was going to go under seven, anyways. Over and under. Okay. Who's the next guy?
0: <laughs> um, the next guy is AJ Green. Oh so, boy. AJ Green uh, had five of ten for 74 yards. Um, Mr. AJ Green scored 7.4 points in a standard scoring league. Um again I'm gonna round up even though it's four, so that's eight. That's only eight fantasy points for AJ Green. Uh AJ Green playing Houston.
1: We're going over for AJ Green. Against Houston? Oh yeah, over. AJ's getting a touchdown.
0: <laughs> so I'll go over as well. That's nine points for AJ Let's just go
1: right to ten. I'm going over ten.
0: He's going over ten. Um I'll say under ten for AJ Green okay. versus Houston.
1: So that's the that's your first under and my first over. <laughs> And rounding us off is?
0: Uh, last is Sam Bradford.
1: Mm, interesting. So the Minnesota Vikings play the, the Steelers, right?
0: They play the Steelers. In
1: Pittsburgh at noon on Sunday. Going to be a good game.
0: Bradford had uh, 25.54 points in a standard scoring league. Uh, and I'm going to put over-under against Pittsburgh at 16 points for Sam Bradford.
1: So you're not going to start with his previous week? No. All right. I'm going to go over for Sam Bradford.
0: Uh, Over, 17. Over. Uh, Over, 18. Over. I'll go under. You
1: want under 18. All right. Yep. I go over 18 because that's the law, Dave.
0: (laughs) Well, good for you. (laughs) So Sam
1: Bradford playing uh, Pittsburgh. One of the things I really like about his chances this week is that Pittsburgh did give up a bunch of points to... Deshaun
0: Kaiser last week again uh, Deshaun Kaiser more than
1: 18 points to Deshaun Kaiser
0: is a is a running quarterback who has never played a game in the NFL
1: completely different situation still gave up the points I'm still taking the over
0: all right uh, so so that's all we have there those four and just in case we tie uh, we'll go ahead and use the uh, points in a standard scoring league that Kerwin Williams scores next week. Uh, that's Kerwin Williams, the, the fill-in partial, according to uh, a committee, um, on Arizona Cardinals. Um, and he will be going up against Indianapolis at Indianapolis uh, this week at 12 on Sunday.
1: So I'm just going to guess his points. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with, who
0: are they playing? Indianapolis.
1: Oh man, they're playing someone really, really bad.
0: Not so great against the run. <laughs> that's the
1: thing is, like, I was gonna go low, but it's indie, right? Let's say that Kerwin Williams scores nine point six points.
0: Yeah, actually, that's see, that's interesting because I was I was right at ten, but uh... <laughs> all right, I'll I'll just go over. So nine point seven. You can have everything below.
1: All right, that's fine.
0: That's a tiebreaker. Uh, the the idea is is that we'll we'll go ahead and we'll go to a uh, brewery at some point um, and the loser will have to buy the winner let's say three beers of of that uh person's choice and um and that should be good
1: yeah that sounds delicious great the the loser gets to pick the brewery though how about that
0: this guy's throwing in I don't know. demands i don't know no, that's fine. I'm that's, just
1: going to let you pick the brewery. That's all.
0: That sounds good. So, uh, so that's that's all we have for you guys tonight. Um, it's going to be interesting again in week two. I think you should definitely watch out for the studs coming back and actually scoring points and, and you know saying we are actually you know good at football. The the rookies might struggle and fail, um, and and I think that uh, a lot of people are going to be surprised, especially those newcomers that have come in the past. Uh, past year to fantasy football which every year there are droves and droves more of you um, and whoever had a bunch of rookies and FanDuel you guys won a lot of money so congratulations I am not one of those people unfortunately but we're going to, uh, to, to go ahead and, and sign off tonight remember uh, to check our show out on Stitcher.com at uh, iTunes.com you can check out Drig5.com where all of our articles live And uh, as always, drink five. Good luck for the rest of the season.